Welcome back to the Simples Complex Podcast. I'm your host, Soren Hummingbird. Today, I am joined by my friends. We're having a little outgoing. Now, guys, I have three questions to ask all of you just so you could join the kingdom of paradise and we could just have a nice dialogue. Are you guys ready? Yeah. 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 Are you free? That's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. It's got some connotations. Oh, sure. yeah. Are you open? Yeah. 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 Say yes. Are you ready to talk about us instead of we and I? Yes. Yes. Okay, let's talk, guys. How's everything? We're celebrating two of our good friends' birthdays. Introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Emily. Uh, I am 26 years young this young. Wednesday. <laughs> and I'm Robert. I'm also 26 years old. Okay. As of, <laughs> As of yesterday. Okay, Emily and Robert, now tell me what your truth is. My just truth there. is love. What do you mean by love? I just want to love, love the people I'm around. I like feeling love. I like talking to folks. And I love you a lot. You're part of that. Uh, my love is expression. Expression? How so? Through, you can truly find truth through different mediums that express yourself, such as music, art, mm-hmm. writing, things like that. Okay. Like how? Like where do you see this this truth come forth from art? Oh, I mean, mostly I've been listening to a lot of punk rock recently. So yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff. You can't really, uh, you know, it is an act, but you can kind of tell what people are thinking about based off of the music that they make. Like how so? Like what do you mean? Like you can tell what they're thinking? Well, you know, punk rock is is very bare and it's it's very anti-establishment, and very generally considered angry and stuff like that. But it's. Uh, it's music made by frustrated people, and they needed a way to, to let that frustration out through through music. Through music, like wh- who have you been inspired? Who have you been listening to recently? Oh God, everybody. Uh, mostly Iggy Pop, who's an actual insane human being. I can't <laughs> believe he's still alive and playing music. Um, good on you, Iggy, for when you eventually hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I've just I've been listening. I've been doing a lot of research and, and listening to music history podcasts and stuff about about these guys and you know Iggy was just he was just a dentist's kid who lived in a trailer purposely and his parents were super supportive of him and he was just getting real weird with his music and uh, he was able to really be himself sometimes to a point of like detriment Um, definitely upset a lot of people but uh, he was able to be himself yeah how does that everyone else be themselves in general, anyone else want to join in? Who is themselves right now? What's your true swa? Oh man, <laughs> big, yeah. <laughs> I've been stewing. I've been stewing. I don't know. I uh, I think we're all gonna die. And <laughs> just to kind of <laughs> um, put parameters and frameworks on things, and I think uh, an ending makes the things that you do have all that much sweeter and there's beauty all around and it's hard but you gotta look and see it and uh yeah time running out is a gift um and this is all that anybody's gonna give you yeah it's all that's guaranteed your truth is you're gonna die yeah the truth is you're gonna die so it makes so don't waste what you got so what's your journey so far man how have you made it worth it oh man well i don't do a great job (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> tell you straight out, far out, doing okay. <laughs> um, 
trying to stay intentional. Um, it's a struggle to remain present. To uh, yeah, just take the day. Most days I wake up and I'd rather it be like, ah, oh, let's try again tomorrow, and then you do that the next day and the next day. Yeah. So, but remaining in, 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 in your body and around and uh, open, looking, um, yeah. trying to see see the odd things there's little little beauties oh man i went to get my phone fixed the other day when i had a whole roundabout <laughs> adventure and the most bizarre little things because i was getting my phone fixed i, I couldn't take a picture but i, I was walking I, I, I get to this curb and it's a rounded curb and someone has taken two eggs right and they've cracked them mm-hmm. and put the yolks right on top of each other and taken a nice smooth rock and smashed them <laughs> smashed the yolks unlike a, a street curb, like U Street or something, and then put the shells, the halves of shells, equidistant on either side from <laughs> the smashed yolks on the rock. And it was relatively, like, they were still yolky and, and not, like, stuff wasn't all over it, so it must have happened relatively recently, and I had to ask why. Um, so were the yolks under the rock? Yeah, they had, like, crack an egg, and then, like, there's a yolk, and crack another egg on top of it, and then take a rock and go... <laughs> <laughs> and then put the put the, the egg halves next to it and walk away and leave it there. And so like what to the rock? How big was it was that? just there on top of the place. Like this was all like, this is what it happens on to. It was like two egg yolks and a yak like, I mean, and like a nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'll draw it out. We'll release it with the pod. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. I wanna know I wanna I wanna think that one of two things happen is someone one of two very two things happen is someone very, very intentionally set this up to do this or <laughs> and this is, the, this is the, le- the least one is somehow he someone smashed two eggs with a rock just dropped it and and at the same time the egg cut in half and then <laughs> fell yeah yeah little things like that make you wonder if life's a simulation and hope not <laughs> Um, you yeah. just really hope, <laughs> yeah. imagine that person like that's what they're doing. That's that's their their thing. That's what they did today. Oh man, I went down to the street and I found this curb and I just like a really messed up two eggs and yeah. smashed a rock on and put it there and I left it. It was a great day. They're an NPC. Yeah, yeah. it's their job. It's their <laughs> job. Yeah. Josh, it must be like a secret society signal. Yeah. Like the, we meet on this day. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell from reading the yolks. <laughs> from reading the yolks. <laughs> the yolks have divined it. The yolks. Yeah. <laughs> We meet at dawn. We meet at dawn. Yeah, so shit like that makes life worth living. Um, to some eyes. Just two broken yolks under some eggshells. For no, no reason, reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> or, or some unknown reason. How did you notice Wonder. that? Oh, I don't know. I was looking. I didn't have... My phone was broken. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know what to do. Didn't have a screen to didn't look at. Didn't know what to look at. Nah, yeah. I don't know. I wander around just looking at stuff a lot. Yeah, just looking at stuff. Does anyone else kind of find random stuff while they're just walking down the street, maybe on U Street or Adams Morgan yes. on a Saturday night? There were, the other day we were in a roundabout over in Foggy Bottom, and the three of us, the boys and I, were all in the car together, and there were two pigeons that were walking together in the crosswalk with the walk signal on and they were just like beep boop 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 booping back at each other and it was beautiful it it i think josh and i talk about it once a week since it's happened because it was just the most serendipitous little like they were just waiting for the light to change like all right margaret on onward shall we walked across the crosswalk in the traffic circle 
It was beautiful. <laughs> and the funniest thing I've seen in nine months. It's so <laughs> brings a different kind of lovebird to like yeah. the story. Quarantine's bringing out the especially specifically bringing out like looking. I call them like uh, real life Easter eggs. Just like the this the kind of weird shit that you just if you look close enough you can just find like like all the weird stickers that are on metro stations and stuff like that and. And just like you know, you'll, you'll see like someone's like side of a building that's got uh, art on it, which is really nice. My favorite one that's been going on is someone has been going around. This has been going on for a while, but someone has been going around electrical boxes and just painting big A, A, and then later on, and it was like yellow, and then later on, somebody has come back on top of it with an B. <laughs> it's just like fighting each other. It's really funny awesome. just to just to see that happen. Um, Speaking of the birth thing, I was, I yeah, was there a sea? No, I don't know. I hope so. Somewhere, It'll somewhere out there, there's a green sea, and it's gonna bring it all back together again. How uh, many colors are there? Like infinite, like an infinite <laughs> amount of colors, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, you could just. Could you do 26 colors that like distinctly like look different? Yeah. Yeah. Easily, like on top of each other, where you could still be able to kind of tell what the other thing is. Yeah, you ever go to like the paint section at Home Depot? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Damn! Wow! 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 <laughs> that was probably like my favorite burn of like all time. <laughs> just like, have you been to Home Depot color section? Damn! <laughs> but at what point does it just all become brown? <laughs> Very easily with this palette. <laughs> oh man, that'd be kind of cool to see. Just all different kinds of reds. Yeah. Of A's, B's, <laughs> C's. You know. Well, I think uh, it's more of like a contextual thing. Like you gotta see them like next to each other for them to actually be different. Otherwise, it's all just red. Yeah. Mm. Because, like, yeah, well, there's technically a bunch of shades of green right now, but since it's just all green, it just looks green kind of thing. Unless it's in the sun. Yeah. Well, that's And that's, like, tone and, and stuff like that as well. I don't know anything about art. Me either. That's... <laughs> Obviously, I don't. Uh, I get burned about a Home Depot. <laughs> I have a controversial art opinion, and I would, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it specifically. Okay. I think gesso is just white paint. No, it's not. What is, what is it, <laughs> what? and what does it do that isn't white paint? Okay. Um, I need help. Gesso, need help. gesso is distinctly different from white paint because it has um, powdered marble in it. Whoa. Which gives it an extra texture when you layer it on where you use it to prime something, and it gives it tooth, which is like the, the textural surface quality. Of, Rip, right of whatever surface you're working on. Okay. So it like, if you work on a gessoed surface, you'll feel like the grip of it. Whereas like, if you just use like semi-gloss house paint, it'll be like this slick, sheared, and almost kind of like tacky surface. Is it always like actual marble or do they have like fake gesso? Uh, fake I gesso. mean, it'll be like, I think it's like calcium carbonate or something like that. So they can probably like synthesize it or something. Yeah. But that's what they add into like the, the essential mixture of like, um, acrylic polymer and like white pigment. Okay, heard. <laughs> Thank you, art teacher. There's a lot of controversy going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I think you can just like use them interchangeably. I mean, you you can, but like there is like a physical difference between. Right. Them. 
I could you can't tell really unless you're working with it. Yeah. So I <laughs> I bought a big bottle for like twenty bucks, thinking this is gonna change my life with acrylics, and I was I couldn't tell. No, no. <laughs> I'm just not good at painting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a I had a hard time. If you're talking uh, hot controversial art topics, I had a really hard time with modern art for a long time. Because, like, I would just look at this stuff, and I would just be like, that's just blue. Like, oh, it's, no, on man. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, why, like, because used to my definition of, like, good art, and that was whether it's, like, music or anything, was equal parts skill and creativity. But um, I've kind of since moved past that, mostly with Josh's help, about looking into, like, you know, it's not, it's art subjective, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, just because I don't like something, I don't consider something art doesn't mean... Like, something is not art. Uh, and then another thing was, like, value. Like, you know, who's going to pay $1,000 for this, modern, you know, this this giant, you know, copper screw? And But that's not the artist who's doing that. That's the people who are, who are like, trying to make the money off of it and stuff. Separate the business from the art mm-hmm. and go by with how it makes you feel. Um, if it's a blank canvas with a big monochromatic dot in the middle, but it makes you feel, you know, rack, joy sorrow or pity then it's a you know if it affects you powerfully then it can remain a powerful piece of art um without it doesn't have to be you know spent hours and hours and hours on it or of a grand technical skill it can be simple if it's thoughtful it can be you know you, you know it how you i don't know but how do you make a dot thoughtful how do you make a dot thoughtful i think it's like on the person yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of ways to do it in in the way that it it is you, you know in the in the the color of the dot versus the color of the canvas the the play and the tension that the two create the placement the amount the of negative space the application you know brush strokes the you know subtle <laughs> illusions one direction or another you, you, you know the, the gloss versus the does it reflect can you see your face in that dot do you see a sense of self is it a very small dot is it almost hmm. almost unnoticeable do you feel lost in in it do you feel overwhelmed by by light and is you know how how does it there's all, all sorts of ways it can be tactfully and well done it's just about how it makes you feel that's pretty intense. I think my first step is uh, going to Home Depot for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah like figure yeah. out the colors at Home Depot. I think it's my first step before I can make a dot. No, 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 no. One of the, one of the like, paint one section of the Home Depot is art. It is. It is art. <laughs> you see what they do on the floors there. Um, one of the ones that really got to me that kind of broke through for me was uh, we went to the Guggenheim. I think it was at the Guggenheim that we, I saw this one when we were in New York and there was this uh, a, a bunch of them I can't remember how many there were but this, this artist had taken and punched holes in paper different sizes different spaces and everything and there's like a ton of them I don't remember like over 20 I think or something like that and what got me first was like different pieces but there were like thousands of holes yeah yeah. it's just like the monotony of that of just and, and it was a steady pattern through the whole thing, even you know, for, once you once they started a line, it was the that line all the way down. And it was really cool because it was like it had this like it was this like I don't, I don't know I don't want to say raw, but like it was just like you could see that where the paper was ripped with the needle and and it was just kind of cool. Um, but also like damn, that must have taken forever. You're like holy <laughs> shit, I don't want to do that. Oh my, oh my but the the but the, uh, the intended purpose I think was part of that. 
is is to see the pattern and, and to see the work that went into that kind of stuff. That same artist used a typewriter too to count out one to like a hundred and twenty thousand or something, and it just had all of the numbers one after the other, and you could follow it. And there were probably ten to fifteen pages of just numbers that were on these huge canvases. That was really cool. Can you imagine being in those mines? Just like that is so intense to do, right? So meticulous. The only one that I'm really having trouble with now is uh, is like uh, how do I say this? Like interpretive art or like like uh, conceptual art? No, no, like like performance art. Performance art. Yeah, the it gets a little it gets a little weird, a little too weird for me. What do you mean with performance art? So like like acting kind of stuff. Like you know, not it's not quite like it's not quite music, and it's not quite like theater. It's just like weird. Uh, Maria Abramovich and Joseph Bowie's and Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf mm. did some did some interesting stuff. I, I accept it as art, but it's just not something that I like. Shia LaBeouf's just an intense person in general. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf is an intense person. He's very person. nice though. Once again, shout out to Shia. I hope you see this. <laughs> Love you, Shia. You actual you know, cannibal. As you as you hang out with Iggy Pop, I can only assume he's your best friend. I don't know your life, Shia LaBeouf. I hear he's like uh, like one of like the few serious actors. Like if he goes onto a set, like he knows everything. He's very method. He's very yeah. method. Do you ever watch Honey Boy? I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't finished it. It's a good Honey Boy's great. It's, a good it's supposed to be like pretty much his like early acting career with his dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard dad. to watch. It is hard to watch, and it's interesting if you can you go back and portray your own story. Who would you play? You know? Huh. I think that's, that's tough. Yeah, like Who would I play? <laughs> I hope I would play in like an observer. <laughs> you know, just like a like a NPC kind of yeah. character, you know? He's just kinda in the background. Kinda like Stan Lee, but I don't get I don't have any yeah. I don't have any speaking lines. Yeah. You know, I'm just in the corner of like every scene. Giving him a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> you are the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> in this scene, Chris, the chair. Just sitting there like a chair for no reason. People sit on you. That's performance. Make art. no thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. If you just were a chair going to Starbucks and I'm just always a piece of furniture in every scene. That's awesome. You're a lamp. I'm a lamp. You're a lamp, your chair. You are the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Your fridge is running. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna get some water off the fridge. <laughs> there was this one performance art where it was just like metal poles connected to their genitalia. Yes, do you remember? That's exactly the one I was thinking about. Where he came up and started banging it up on the on the on the, the hanger uh, on the high beam. Yeah, on the high That's beam. Exactly the thing that comes around. Have you seen this one before, Adrian? What? The the guy comes out on stage and he's got like crutches. And then he like attaches a peen to his crotch, and then he looks to the crowd and smiles, and then just starts and hitting this beam that's like up above him. Have you that, seen this? It's ridiculous, and it's like I don't. It, it's got to mean something. I I don't know what it is, but it's something. And it's just like that's that's like. Is meaning necessary for art? I guess not. No, I feel like intention is, but not necessarily meaning. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way of putting it. When you have that kind of stuff, because I mean, it has to have 
Some, something has to get something out of it, right? That's the that's that's what makes art art, as I said before, subjective. And does the exploration of the unconscious looking for intent and suggestion without actually having focused intent rejection count? I think I have to ask that one again. I didn't quite understand. So that. if you don't, if you if you kind of go plunging into the subconscious without necessarily giving hard line intention, but letting something inherent, something innate guide your actions. Is that art? I think art's a lot of representation. Like I remember on my first day of art school or whatever, they put up a picture of a pipe and they go, what is this? And you all go, it's a pipe. And then they're like, no, it's a, it's a representation of a pipe. This is not a pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Art, a lot of times, is you're representing other things. You're trying to figure out what our world is through represent different ways to represent is that because we can't truly understand anything? <laughs> yeah. Any representations of it? Well, I think creation, like creating something in and of itself is intent enough. Like, just the process of creating something is enough of an intention to me. This is, might be a little bit of a side drain, but um, I was, I studied historical interpretation. Like, that, that's my job, essentially. And something that I learned... And they, sh they showed us was this video called, like, This Is Not a Chair. And it's this old-timey chair, and it's like, this chair, it's not a chair. It is a, f a sign of wealth because it's made from this wood, like mahogany, which was really rare when this thing was kind of made. It's uh, a place to gather, you know, because it's to show that uh, people can come around and sit and enjoy time with each other. And then it's also uh, craftsmanship because someone had to go and spend their entire lives to learn how to make a chair and and make something like this it's uh once again wealth because if it's a rocking chair then you have time to sit down and relax and you're not out working in the fields for the re you know the entire day and like it just it, it's this constant everything is more than what it is right everything it, it, while like like the thing that i had time uh, i, I kind of like to think about is like paper like paper is such an easy thing but like the steps that go into paper make it more than just a piece of paper does that kind of make sense yeah what do you mean everything is more than what it is? So, like, it's... It, how do I... How do I, I'm, I need to phrase this. So pick an item and then go into... Okay, so let's just say the workout thing, right? On, on the surface, that's just dumbbells. But it's... Someone had to pour that concrete. Someone had to make that. Someone had to bring that here and leave it. it but it's also, like, a, a health. You know, people can come in and lift it. But it's also trust so that no one's going to steal it. You know, it's it's... There's, there's so many other elements that go into just something that's physical like that. So why do you separate the, the thing itself from that then? Oh, I don't. I'm just saying that sometimes it's, yeah, it, it becomes very easy for me to just look at things on a surface level. Of just like, like, this is a, like, this is a ukulele, right? And what it's I'm just a ukulele. It's like when you say something is more than what it is then there's like this delineation between what it is and what it should be or could be or like I guess, what the more is i guess the the, the the way that i can phrase it is that it, everything has a story everything has has an, a way like this everything has a background that you can explore you know you can always learn more about something like that so like you know you and you and by exploring that you can also open up different avenues to things that you never would have really thought about before so like the, i go back to the example of the chair like i would have never thought about like 
up until I saw the video that, like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess it probably would be rare to have a mahogany rocking chair in, like, the 1800s, because it was probably really, really expensive to have, and then, and then also talking about, like, whoever owns something like that is, you know, like I said before, is probably a wealthy person, also because they're sitting, and they have, they have a, they have a, we're talking about a time frame where, you know, people were out working in the field from sun up to sundown, and this person has a chair that rocks, and it's just, like, and it's spent the time to, to, to order it or build it or whatever, um, and so they just had that free time, or they had that money. So that means something else has to be going on in the background as well for that to happen. And it's just it it just it shows me that there's always more to learn, no matter what it is. And there's always more to something than what is initially there. So I took that mentality <clears throat> and switched it over to art, specifically modern art, and it became a lot easier for me to kind of like get yeah. out of it. Yeah. Um. Wait, well, what I I think you're saying, or not what I think you're saying, what I I feel like you are saying, and what I feel like is also at the root of it, is that uh, a big part of, like, the whole conversation is this contextualization of it, and that it only has, like, meaning and value in certain and specific contexts. And most people, when they're looking at art, only have the context of themselves, and they don't go further to consider the context of, like, a historical or cultural perspective of it. Exactly. Uh, and so, like, they're just left with the thing in and of itself, uh, or, like, its physicality, and not the more that you're suggesting or, like, we're, we're referring to earlier. Well, that's why studying art's so cool, especially in, like, the earlier, like, the 1500s, 1600s. Get a it, um, gives such a representation of what was going on in society. Because uh, most of the art you would see was commissioned by... Uh, kings and queens and stuff like that and so it's a big representation of the beliefs i think yeah. it still is today there's just so much more of it that it's hard to like get such a clear picture of what's going on yeah but you can still get a picture i think it's just there's a it's harder a little bit there's a lot more there's a lot of different narratives <laughs> yeah there's a lot of narratives which is cool you know yeah um but i think that makes it more confusing and that's why people lose track is because there's such like overwhelming amount of it whereas like if in 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 history like from a historical perspective it was easier for uh like a a governing body to like control that narrative yeah um i was listening to a a podcast the other day uh from hyperallergic and they were talking about um the how how people in power bodies in power see uh like tiktok and social media as a threat because they aren't able to control that narrative Mm -hmm. and the 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 person that was like sort of bringing this point up um gave this this context of uh bread and circuses because in like traditional empires um how like a governing body would control the populace was by offering food and entertainment uh and so by controlling that both of those sources and controlling like the overall narrative of it they're able to like sort of in a in an indirect way control their populace but because the 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 landscape of social media today is i mean it's not democratic but it's just like i mean it's the wild west for yeah, lack yeah. of a better it's term would you say it's more organized than the wild west because these companies uh, have intention definitely. and they have plans and they yeah. they are intending to manipulate people. 
Yes, but there's also a lot more uh, control in in the hands of the user, the individual user, and so it's uh, in a way easier to kind of like destabilize uh, these, I guess, systems of power where they're kind of like almost outdated at this point. So you think the the user has more power, with like. Relative than if the government was controlling it, or is it just different? I I think different. Like we're beholden to a different supreme power. Yeah, I think different is a better uh, better word for that because, um, like you say, it's like these companies are ultimately the ones controlling uh, this this outlet, and so like you definitely do see uh, evidence of that in. governing bodies or I think because TikTok is um, ultimately Chinese like they will sometimes like monitor what's going on and that's like the whole part of the whole conversation that's going on with it is like we're not comfortable with another like country another like entity having this much access to the information that we're creating and circulating. Yeah I heard if you want to like up your TikTok, you gotta do it by Sunday because we won't be able to update TikTok past Sunday. Is that crazy? Yeah. Or download yeah. it. We're like, it's your life. Yeah, you won't be able to download it. And it's probably gonna get really buggy and slow over the next few weeks. Walmart's trying to buy it. Poor baby beeper boppers. <laughs> no, actually, it's a lot bigger than like Gen X. It is bigger now. Yeah, it, it is bigger now. I, I, I really cool. enjoy it. That's it. Uh, but so, going back to what you were saying, uh, I think that the it's just a different power structure and so the old power structures that we're used to and not only used to existing in but also used to recognizing as power structures are not the same anymore like they they don't have as much power within that power structure but now people who are like running new power structures have that power over the users yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But I mean I guess I'm like do you think it's concerning that there's like no accountability and there's no like structure for accountability in place for yeah. people who have that much power? <laughs> That's extremely yeah. concerning. Um but not that our accountability system for elected officials works that well, but Ooh, that's a whole no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. But it's at the same time, it's almost like it's more comfortable because it's like the devil you do know versus the one you don't. Um, and so it's like we're almost more willing to be oppressed under that old system rather than face the challenges of this new one because it's it's a much larger like issue. Like it's comfortable. Yeah, but like the these like, like the person in power of a social media company or of like I mean they're all like multinationals essentially. Yeah. So it's not bound by uh, the laws of like the country, any particular country. Or... Well, it's also not bound by the same ideals. I mean, obviously there's corruption yeah. within government, but I mean, yeah. In an ideal world, our government is founded on like freedom and you know, government officials are supposed to serve the people. Yeah. Whereas these social media companies are supposed to serve the corporations that pay for them to exist. Yeah. An interesting talk that I've been kind of having recently is, you know, what right 
does do we have a right to the internet? Like as a, as humans, is that now a human right to have the internet? Because it was like food, water, shelter, right? Those are always the three things. But now we have this other thing that has become so synonymous with existing in this modern time that we literally carry computers around in our phone in our pockets because we have to for work or for you know connection or for everything else connection connection so then does that mean does that mean every human being deserves to have an internet connection I mean, some people don't even believe that every human being deserves water mm-hmm. like i remember being in uh schools and having conversations about what was going on in uh, flint michigan and like some of them like like middle schoolers they straight up don't believe that everybody deserves water they're kind of like you know law of the jungle type what? shit where and, and it's still happening yeah and Flint like still doesn't water. have clean water yeah and that's not like limited to them because they're like immature like middle schoolers <laughs> It's, I mean, middle schoolers kind of suck in general. Can we just say that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going through a lot. They're yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, just generally crazy, but the hormones are insane. Yeah. I, well, I guess what my point is is that those ideas don't always leave them as yeah. they grow up and quote unquote mature. When, when do you think like these ideas first enter these kids' minds? Like, like where they what truly believe it? Like, like the, the lack of empathy. The, the lack of empathy. Yes. I think they have to be taught not to be empathetic. I don't think that's the natural. Like, when do you think that starts, like, kicking in? Like, when you just start losing empathy? I think you have to be taught by someone or by your society. Yeah, I think it is a a little bit biological, but you, it's, it's largely taught. Like, uh, like yawning, for example, like, that is, like, a biological example of empathy. Because if one person yawns, then, like, everybody knows that it's contagious. And for, for a person not to react to it is, like, concerning on a certain level. Um, and that level might be biological or it might just be scientific because most, like, there's a lot of science to support that, like, when you don't react to someone else's yawn, that's, like, you know, suggestive of maybe, like, sociopathic tendencies or something like that. I think that recognition that comes with yeah. empathy, that, like, seeing that someone else is, like, reading another person emotionally. Like, ah, you're in pain, there's tears coming out of your face, and you are screeching. Um, you know, I understand that. I see that. I understand that. But the, I, I think a lot of that should be biological, is biological. If not, there's something wrong. But I think the teaching of self-sacrifice, to share, to make your life maybe not a little bit better so that you can help someone else to give a kid half of your cookie you get a little less cookie now but now someone else gets more cookie um i think that has to be taught that is not something that we want to do we want to take care of ours and and do best for ourselves i think that giving needs to be taught the recognition should be i think the othering of people is taught though and that creates the unwillingness to share anger othering like othering of people There is a a little bit of a a biological backing for othering um, because as an infant, you are more comfortable around people that look like your parents. And, you know, that is a biological thing. Now, the hatred, that's different. But the, the general likeness is something that people gravitate towards as younger. Oh, they look different than me. Like, 
Right. And then there's your point to educate and, you know, teach your kids. But it's not often because they haven't been exposed to anyone who looks different from them until that point. Yeah. Which I mean, like... That's exactly it. But that can be intentional. Like, I'm not saying that you're always, act like, actively teaching the child that there aren't other people that look like them or those are different. But, like, because that's all they're exposed to, that's, like, you know, it's reinforcing what you're saying, which is, like, that... You know, naturally, people want to be around the people that look like who they grew up with. Right. So it's like a parent's responsibility to like expose their child to as much as possible. Maybe I don't know. Just, just like a basic, just a basic responsibility. Yeah, I mean, just for better you... human beings in general, for our future, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> I think the responsibility of the parent is kind of like big issue nowadays because (laughs) there's a lot of like this is the parents responsibility this is like the school's responsibility or the community's responsibility and those lines are never like defined yeah they're never very clearly defined and so you get this like diffusion of responsibility which everybody knows is like not good um i was i was hanging out with a couple friends yesterday and uh, one of the girls that was coming, she, on the, on her way there, on her walk there, she passed by this guy who was, like, laying on the sidewalk, flat on his back, and was just, like, vomiting on himself, just, like, volcano, like, science project vomit on his Science on project. And she was like, I have to flip this man over or else he's probably gonna die, yeah. like, right here, right now, and nobody would help her. She's, like, you know, she's, like, you know, probably, like, 100 pounds or something like this. She's trying to flip a guy twice her size, and nobody's going to help her. Uh, And so it's just, like, they... I mean, I I don't think it's fair to, like, assume that, like, they knew each other or anything like that. She's obviously just, like, a random person that also walked by. But because I think people see that because she's going to do it, that means that they don't have to, even though she like clearly needed help and was asking for help uh so i think it's just like very kind of concerning um trying to like bring it back to my original point yeah yeah this line of like the parents responsibility versus like the community's responsibility and like who's gonna actually do this thing that needs to be done for like future generations it's like a hard question to ask and like harder responsibility to like pin on a group of people yeah because we don't do well with like societal responsibility yeah (laughs) because we couldn't tell from many recent events group projects dude oh yeah (laughs) society is one big group project (laughs) come on timmy as we yeah as we know with group projects there's always one or two people that never do their job you know it always falls onto a couple but thank you for joining me, by the way, guys. I feel like this has been going yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be signing off. Thank you for joining me, guys, in the Kingdom of Paradise. And see you guys next week. <laughs>